and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. Let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. We are going to make the R sound easy. We're going to do that by neighboring sounds. So the sounds before the R and the sounds after the R can make this R easier to produce. We could also have sounds before and after the R with the R sandwiched in between like an Oreo cookie. And that'll make the R especially easy. And by the way, if you have not joined the Sparkle in School membership yet, do so before October 1st. Those that join in September are going to have a founder's rate, which is half that of the regular membership price. So check it out before October 1st. If it's not your jam, you have a 14-day, 100% total refund, or you can cancel anytime. So make sure to check it out. I don't want you to miss this deadline of October 1st. Join in September. I want you with me. We are doing amazing work. I'm getting excellent feedback at the early intervention level. I'm getting great feedback at the preschool level. And I'm getting great feedback at the elementary level. The kids are loving it. It's going to make therapy easy for you. It's going to make therapy so engaging with all of the children you work with. And it's going to make therapy highly effective. So there's three types of sounds we're going to look at today. We're going to look at vowels that make the R easier to produce. We're also going to look at vowels that make the R harder to produce. So we're going to want to use the sounds that are easier to produce for when we establish the R, when the child is just learning how to produce it correctly. And then we're going to take the vowels where this R is harder to produce, and we're going to save that for generalization to challenge the child at the end to improve the R in conversational speech. The second area we're going to look at today are my favorite clusters. We're going to look at what clusters make the R easier to produce. We're gonna also look at what clusters make the R harder to produce. So once again, we're gonna to go to those easy R clusters when we wanna establish the sound in the beginning, establish correct production. After that, we're gonna to wanna to challenge the child by giving them the difficult clusters that have the sounds that make R hard to produce. So we're gonna to wanna to know both for the establishment phase of therapy 
and for the generalization phase. The third area we're going to look at today is we're going to look at the post-vocalic R. So that's when children have difficulty producing the R after the vowel. What do we do then? I'm going to show you some really cool techniques that help the child produce the R correctly after the vowel in the post-vocalic position. I hear from a lot of my elementary age speech-language pathologists that that can be a problem that can habituate and be very difficult to change, the post-vocalic R. I'm going to show you some really neat tricks at the end on what you can do with the post-vocalic R. Let's get started first on the vocalic R and what vocalic R's are helpful and which ones are harmful to R production. So let's go into the vocalic R. We're going to start with the R vowel, such as bear. This is an excellent vowel combination to produce the R. You have your lips retracted, R. Bear. You can do it yourself while you're listening. Bear. And you also have the tongue lifted toward the palatal region of the mouth. So the er really helps in producing the R. Take that combination, put it in your pocket. We're going to use this in other contexts to help the child produce R. We like the ear. Let's look at another vocalic R. The next one would be such as bear, such as bear bones. Now there we have the drop of the mouth of the air sound. That is not such a good combination because when the jaw drops, and the tongue drops, that makes it further away from the R. So that makes the R harder to produce. So bear, such as something as bear without anything, that is not a good combination. Don't put that in your pocket. That is going to be something we'll want to use at the generalization phase to challenge the child. Let's look at another vocalic R and see if that's going to be good for establishment. What if we say buyer, like the buyer of goods? Now, once again, that's not the best R for establishment because you open your mouth with the ah, buyer. And that means that makes the R more challenging to produce because your mouth is open. And that means the tongue has to travel further up to get to that palatal position for the R. So buyer is not good for the establishment phase. We're going to put that on the shelf and we'll wanna use that when it comes to generalization. Let's look at the next vocalic R. What about er, the unstressed er at the end of the word, such as remember. That is a great R. We have the centralized er, which is very close to the R where it's produced. It's adjacent to it. We'll want to take that er and put it in our pocket. We can use that to help us produce the R in other contexts. This is a great tool to have. So, so far, we like ear such as the ear on your head, ear. And we like the word er as well, because this is both areas where the vowel helps us produce the R because the tongue is in an adjacent position for the R. It makes it easier. Let's see what else we have. We also can have the stressed er, such as uber. 
Uber, if you're going to drive an Uber. So that's another great position, er, that helps with the R. So what do we like? We like ear, we like er, and we like er. So we're going to take those and put them in our pocket. So what are we going to do with these ers? When are we going to take them out? I suggest you take them out wherever the child needs help producing the R. So if the child has difficulty in the beginning of the word, such as a word such as rake, and the child's saying wake for rake, take that er out and put it before the R in that word. So say rake. What I like to do in cueing is I always like to take my fingers like an angry dog, and I like to put my paws out to the side, making a T with my arms, because the lips and the tongue, they're going to follow what the body does. The body and the mouth are very connected. So for instance, if you take your hands and you wave them high in the air, woo, in a celebratory manner, it's going to be very hard for you to have an angry voice and to have angry facial expression on your face. The mouth and the body are so connected. When your hands go out to the side, your lips will too. I always do that with the R because children tend to round the lips like a W. The next area we can use it in is in blends. In blends such as the word scrape, which is my favorite cluster of them all, as I mentioned in the last episode on S-Blends. I can put it between the K and the R to make sure to facilitate a good R. So if the child's saying scrape, I'm going to go ahead and say, let's say that again, scrape. So I'm going to throw that R in between the K and the R. Where else can I take that er out of my pocket? I can also post vocalically. For instance, if the child is saying remember for remember, I can go ahead and add an er at the end. I can say, let's say it again, remember, and throw in at the end to really emphasize that er and get a nice retraction of the lips. So you're, you might be wondering, okay, Kelly, you're throwing the er in before the words. You're throwing the er between clusters. You're throwing the word in post-vocalically. Aren't you concerned that the child's going to continue producing er in conversational speech, that it'll become a habit that's hard to break? And I'm going to tell you, I'm not. And that's because adding that er before a word, within a blend, at the end of the word, it's a lot of work. And children always take the path, just like we do, of least resistance. So you don't do extra work if, it, if you don't have to. We're exerting more energy than we have to, to register a correct er sound so that they can really feel in their mouth what it feels like to have retracted lips, what it feels like to have the tongue at the roof of the mouth and the R sound. When they go into the real world in conversational speech, they will take it down a level. I have never had a child that has persisted in adding the er that we use for establishment, they drop it. It's just like when we use very slow speech to establish correct production. It's just like if the child 
is talking at a very slow space using dynamic tactile temporal cueing, I never have to encourage the child to hurry up their speech unless the child has dysarthria or cerebellar ataxia. Most children will speak at a quicker rate because it's more efficient. We always do the most efficient behavior possible. It's human nature. So we talked about that er and how we can throw that er in in different areas now that we have. We're going to use that er to help with the R production. And we talked about how we can throw it in before a word, in the middle of the word, near the end of word, and it can help in aiding and correct production. Let's talk now about the blends. What blends are going to help the child produce the R sound? First, the K and G. You have the lips retracted and you also have the tongue pulled back because they're velar sounds. So for instance, cream, green. These are excellent blends to get an accurate R production established. What other sounds are good in the blend level? Well, if we move to the fricatives, the F is very good because the lips in the labial dental position are not rounded. Free, for instance, in the verb free something. Let's look at another one. Shh, that's a nice palatal sound that is adjacent to where the R is produced. Let's look at the next area, affricates. So we have the TR and the DR blends, which are really affricate blends. Chur, train. And let's look at the DR, drop. Once again, you have that palatal area of the tongue and also your lips are protruded in kind of an angry dog teeth manner, which really does help with the R. What else can we look at here? Let's look at the THR blend. I do not like THR at the preschool level. And the reason for that is because our research has found that it does not generalize to other sounds. I think it's just because the TH is outside of the mouth and it's so different from the other sounds within the mouth that the specificity of THR is so unique that even though it's complex, it doesn't impact the sounds inside of the mouth. So I don't use THR at the preschool level. However, my elementary colleagues do, and they report that it really does help with the R sound. And that's because you have the lips retracted and the R, to produce the R, you simply have to go pull the tongue back and retract it a bit and elevate it. So THR for the elementary level, I'm hearing great things about to facilitate the R sound. However, for a child with many ears, I do not recommend the THR song because it's an outsider. It's just too different from the other sounds and it doesn't impact them the way an S blend would. When we go to the three element blends, the SKR is the best for establishing the sound. You have the S and the K in which the lips are retracted. You have the tongue up to the velar region, making the R easy. So SKR is great for establishing, but SPR is not. And that's because you have the P with the rounded lips, which encourages the child, for instance, to say spway for spray. 
Another sound that's challenging is S-T-R. And that's because the child is gonna to have to produce the T up at the velar ridge in the front of the mouth, all the way back to the palatal area. So that's more challenging than S-K-R. So when do I use S-T-R and S-P-R? At the very end. What is not great for the R are those labials. So if you're thinking P and B, you have your lips rounded, that makes the R very, very difficult. So those are great for generalization to challenge the child. They are not great for establishing the R sound. Lastly, we are going to go to the postvocalic R. Now at the preschool level, I do not have a problem with postvocalic R. They're the first to come into play. And that's because when you're doing something from the vocal area to the R, you have the tongue in a centralized position. So the tongue is already in the middle of the mouth. It just simply has to elevate to get to that R. When your, tongue, when your mouth is at rest, if you just close your mouth right now, the tongue is at the alveolar ridge, so it's going to have to go from zero to 100 to get to the R. When it's in a vowel position, it's going from 50 to 100 to get to the R. It's halfway there. However, my elementary colleagues have these habitual patterns in which the children post-vocalis R's are very much ingrained to be rounded into a W. For these children, use the ing after the word. So we talked about the word remember. The child might say, remember. What if we said, let's say, remembering, remembering. So the ing, because of the velar sound there at the end, and the e combined, will take that r and spread it out into a nice r through regressive assimilation in which the ing is regressing back and helping that R. Another thing you can do is you can add the plural ES, S, or Z. And that too is going to retract the lips. So for instance, if the child is saying cars for cars, you can do that S there at the end. Cars. The Z is going to help with the R production. So either make it plural or make it present progressive verb ing. Adding that on will help produce those post-vocalic R's. Now, how do you get rid of them? What you can do is you can use them whispered. So for instance, when the child's producing it correctly, remembering, oh, I see your angry dog teeth. I hear it. Arr, your angry dog sounds so scary. Now let's just say remember, okay? Remember. Oh, I like, we're just going to whisper the ing at the end. Remembering. And we can whisper it off at the end and then make it disappear. And you can use your scissors to cut it off. So you can say, remember and cut it with your scissors to cut off the ing, to cut off the s, to cut off the es. We're just gonna see the beginning of the word. But today we covered a lot about the R. We covered first the vowels. Which vowels help the child produce the R? The er sound. And which vowels make the R hard? The or and the R. If you can think of those Bostonians, how do they say car? They say car. If you can think of how they say the word 
or they saw or the R and the or are going to round it. We want to save that for generalization. That's not what we want to use to establish a correct R. After that, we talked about the clusters. We talked about the clusters that help the R, the K and the G and the F and the SH and the CH and the J. And we talked about the TH at the elementary level. And there we talked about the P and we talked about the B. Those are going to be really, really challenging. And even the STR is challenging. And the SKR, of course, that is the queen of them all. If you can start at the SKR, then you're going to get the greatest gains. Lastly, we talked about the post-vocalic R. And if the child's having difficulty with that, we're going to add a present progressive ing ending to it to get a nice R in the middle of the word. And then we're going to cut it off with scissors. We're going to whisper the end off, and then we're going to cut it off and not say the end using our finger scissors with the child. We can also add the plural E-S-S-Z. That too is going to help with the R vocalically. So I want you to take all of this information and make the world a better place one child at a time. And you are first.